time to take a look at a lot of these names that we have reporting next week. Caleb Silver is with us, editor-in-chief of Investopedia, joining us to preview some names and a big picture on the market. I mean, uh, you have so many folks, Caleb, who, who clock in there to Investopedia. You can sense their anxiety. You see what they're searching. How are people feeling overall before I get to these names and previews? Yeah, well, their market anxiety is very high, and it's always good to be with you, Nicole. Market anxiety is very high. Their anxiety around their personal finances and the economy, not so high, which is keeping overall anxiety limited right now. But still, it's been a really volatile time for investors. So if you look at what people are searching for on our site, they're looking for ways to play volatility. They're looking for defensive ways to protect their portfolio if they were leaning too hard into growth. They're looking for ways to capitalize by buying ETFs that make counter volatility strategic, but also defensive and very curious about whether or not we've hit a bottom here. So let's get to some of these names because I'm combing through them. And just the Peloton story is an unbelievable one with the stock down over 80% in one year alone. And so when the company, uh, they've had to slash the goals, they've had to cut the prices. Um, what's going on here with Peloton? Well, comps are killing a lot of companies right now. So they're never gonna be able to come back to the growth that they saw obviously in the early days of the pandemic where we were stuck at home and people were buying the Peloton bike, people were buying the treadmill, people were buying apparel. So comps are very tough for them, but there's a lot of unpredictability with Peloton right now. They're having issues in the apparel business. There's talk about cutting that by 25%. They're having issues in the supply chain. First, they couldn't get enough components to build bikes. Now they don't have enough demand to sell the bike. So they're caught in that push-pull demand with their consumers and the company is you know facing some difficult times you mentioned the stock down 83 percent your your viewers know this when a stock falls 50 percent it takes a hundred percent rally to get it back to where it was so 83 percent that's pretty steep right now and basically over the last three years nicole that stock is down five percent so it went from being you know this wonder child of the pandemic we all needed one to actually being lower three years later that's incredible when you look at the trajectory that it was on lots of challenges facing peloton they're also getting fewer workouts nicole per connected customer. It's not that they're not selling more Pelotons. Those that own the Peloton or are renting that bike or that treadmill are working out less on it, and that's troubling as well. What do we do? We're getting lazier as we get toward, hopefully, to the uh, endemic stage of this, but they need engagement and they need customers, and both seem to be missing right now from the equation. Yeah, and that's what they need. They need a, the connectivity and they need the recurring revenue for the subscriptions for their platform, right? So it's not just the hardware, it's really um, to have that recurring revenue. And people are getting back out. They may go back to a gym, they may go out to dinner, they may be working more and so they don't have as much time for their Peloton. How about Disney? As we take a look at Disney, uh, your thoughts on this one? Well, it's the 50th anniversary of the Magic Kingdom, and let's give it up for my man Donald here. Um, big year for Disney and Disney World. So they're celebrating, but they have some big challenges ahead of them. But how fascinating, Disney. They're getting some return to the theme parks, but we want to watch closely for what's happening in Asia. Remember, the, the EPS is expected to rise about 81% from a year ago. A year ago, nobody was going to Disney. Nobody was going out to the movies. So you're going to see a big jump in earnings per share there. They may even beat that. The revenue estimate, $21 billion, up 30% from a year ago. So really good numbers if they can hit or beat those numbers. They're 
They're coming off of some super low growth. The thing we want to watch, obviously, is what's happening in Disney Plus, because that's where a lot of their growth is coming from, and what's happening in their media and entertainment operations and their spend. A couple of big movies coming out in 2022 for Disney and Marvel. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever's coming. Thor, Love and Thunder. I know I'm going to see that one. Those are two big franchises. And are they going to get people back into the theme parks? You know, the mix, as you know, Nicole, has changed. It used to be all about the theme parks plus the TV networks. Now it's media entertainment at the front of the Disney train and the theme parks sort of picking up the rear. If they can get traffic back to the parks, it could be a very, very good year for Disney. But it's been a challenge stock for years. Folks have been feasting off the dividend, but it's not been a stock to bet on. Yeah, because people love Disney. It was such a darling, but the last one year, it's down over 20%. The last earnings report really showed weakness. There was a lot of high hopes there, so we'll see if they, as you said, there's a lot of elements that could give it a boost on this round. Last but not least, Hog, that's Harley Davidson. Um, your thoughts on this one? Well, this has sort of been the poster child of the supply chain issues because there was a fair amount of demand and they couldn't get enough components to build their bikes when the demand was hot. And now they're facing some of those same issues, but pricing power is a problem for them. The stock has been basically dead money for the past several years, down 8% in the past year, down 1.5% over the past three years. A little bit of a dividend there. I think it's 17 cents for their investors. But the earnings are only going to be, they're going to be up 35% year over year if you believe the estimates, which will be a loss of 41 cents. Revenue should be 643 million. That's a jump of 21%. But Nicole, a third of that revenue comes from financing, financing bikes, finance, doing the uh, the bike payment system for their bike owners. And when you're depending on sales and those financing costs to drive your sales, you're asking a lot when the consumer may be a little tapped out here right now. On the other side, they do have some interesting things coming out. Eight new models of cruisers coming in 2022. So they're betting that there's going to be demand for their cruiser bikes. Those are pretty sweet. But they also have the uh, the new e-bikes, the Livewire One. I'm going to be interested to hear how the Livewire One sales are going, but also their e-bikes. They made this collection of electric-powered bicycles that are with the Harley-Davidson name. They're pretty cool. Still, the company's been challenged on a number of fronts. Will demand be there in 2022? Can they sell these cruisers at the price points that they want? Can they get the components, including semiconductors? Yes, Harleys use semiconductors. Can they get what they need in time? Should be a really challenging year for Harley, but let's see what they say next week. Yeah, I, I'm looking at a very long-term chart here that goes way before even 1990 because it's such a great American company. And as you said, launching new cruisers, they were pushing lighter bikes for women. There was a, so much uh, that they have to do to just sort of stay alive and grab the new type of customers, too. Caleb, wonderful to see you. Thank you. Caleb Silver, great preview for next week for earnings, editor-in-chief of Investopedia.